It's the Mike Calder Show. This is Stuttering John. Listen to this. I love this song. It's got a little bit of a uh, faster pussy uh, feel to it. Yeah. This, I think it's good. Uh, by the way, Stuttering John currently lost in my neighborhood. <laughs> Which I'm going to tell you is not the easiest. It's not the easiest neighborhood to uh, Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, navigate. You got the roundabouts and you got the yeah. different stuff going on there. Are you familiar with the French actor Gerard Depardieu? Depardieu, yes, of course. He was a uh, quite the uh, ladies' man, and then he got very fat. He did get very fat, and then was still quite the ladies' man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in, in Europe, uh, they look at uh, fat guys as a sign of wealth and opulence. Here mm-hmm. is the only country where they look at a guy like me and, and shake their heads with sadness. How dare they? Seventy-two-year-old uh, actor reportedly indicted for rape and sexual assault, Yowza. which he committed in, uh, allegedly committed in 2018. He should have just derep- de- <laughs> Gerard Depard don't do that. <laughs> he looks like fat French Robert De Niro. Like, you know how, how De Niro, when he gets fatter for roles? Right, and has he's the beard and yeah. stuff. Well, this is, he looks just like a fat De Niro. I don't, I, I know Depard was in the Columbus movie where he played Columbus, but I never saw that epic. But I do know him from the movie uh, Green Card. Do you remember that? Yeah, Green Card with uh, what's Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell, yeah. Where he uh, he played a sloppy French guy who married uh, Andy McDowell for the Green Card, and you know then they have, of course, they have trials and tribulations. At the end, they fall in love. He was in the uh, Man in the Iron Mask with uh, DiCaprio. Oh, he was? Yeah, yeah Jeremy Irons and all them in there. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. Uh, Spanish, hold on. Let, let's get an update. Go ahead. What, what do you got? Uh, so, so, Stuttering John, uh, the gate called at about 5, to maybe 10 to 8. Okay. It is now um, 8.08, 20 minutes from when he came through the gate. Right. And there is still no sign of him. Correct. Is it possible he's at one of my neighbor's houses? I don't know, because I called him and he didn't answer. Gio's calling him right now again to see what happened, but... You know, I don't. It, it should take approximately two full minutes, hundred and if that, hundred and twenty seconds to get here from the guard gate. Yeah, and that's if you're driving slow, which you know. But I don't know. Maybe he went to a different gate. There's three different entrances, so I don't know which one he came in. The one if you come in off of Dale Mabry, it's hard because you got to go past the golf course and the whole deal. It's a little bit of a drive. Okay. So, John, if you're listening. Call the number back that's calling you, and we'll get you here. <laughs> I don't. You just follow the. Turn left here. Turn right here. I don't know. Yeah. I hope he makes it, though. <laughs> Nothing bad happened in between the guard gate and your place. Yeah, yeah. Or or do you? I know. I mean, what would, would really happen if this is where he... Oh, <laughs> dude. Uh, Galvin, do we want to do open letter here? Uh, do you want to continue with news? Oh, or? yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, sorry. We'll continue okay. with news until John gets here. Here we go. Uh, so there's a TikTok video that is blowing people's minds right now. Now, I'm going to tell you that I already knew this, and I... I would think that you guys probably already knew this, too. What does it mean whenever they give the weather forecast and they say there's a 20% chance of rain or a 50% chance of rain? Do you know what that means? I would say that uh, out of 100%, there's 20% chance that it would rain. Okay. Spanish, do you think that's the same or do you think it's something different? Um, I would say basically the same out of that day of 100%. Yeah, 20% chance that it's going to rain. 
Interesting. Anybody else have any different uh, thoughts? Well, it, it, like it depends if at the time because sometimes they'll be like at 7 o'clock. There's a twenty percent chance, and at eight o'clock, there's yeah, but 90%. still, it mean the same thing. I like if I'm getting up and I go, should I bring an umbrella? And they say fifty percent chance of rain. I would think half a chance of rain. I'm right. bringing an umbrella. What if they said in the Tampa Bay area there is a twenty percent chance of rain? That in the Tampa Bay area, it most likely will not rain because eighty percent of it says no. Yeah. Okay. No. I okay. Uh, no, that's not correct. What it is is if the forecast calls for 30% chance of rain, that does not mean there's a 30% chance that it's going to rain. It's based on a formula that multiplies how likely it is to rain by how much of the area will be rained on. Oh. So if you're, if you're in Tampa and they say it's 30% chance of rain, there's only 30% of Tampa that's going to get rain. Oh. So they know it's going to rain. So you could be in the other 70% that's not going to have any rain. Okay. You that makes sense. Yeah. So, so there was a, a girl on TikTok that explained it, but then there's a meteorologist that actually explains it better. Here is the meteorologist, and we have it up on Bone TV kind of explaining the situation. Here we go. Probability of precipitation, or POPs as we call it for short. It's a pretty simple equation. Confidence times coverage. Okay, most often this is used for coverage. So let's say that I'm 100% sure that 30% of the forecast area will see at least some measurable rain. Then I'd forecast a 30% chance for rain, right? Basically to boil it down, if you stay in one spot all day and there's a 30% chance for rain, then you have a 30% chance for rain. If you move around a little bit throughout the day, your chances will go up. Important to remember, the percentage has nothing to do with how much rain falls. You could have a 10% chance for rain and still end up with flooding if you get caught under a rogue thunderstorm. Now, it also doesn't really help that a lot of different meteorologists have different definitions, but this is the actual technical definition. So there you go. Now you know. Okay. Interesting. You guys learned something. years we didn't know nothing. Right? They don't explain it well then. I put that on them. I don't think anybody's ever explained it. We just figured. Yeah, bad weather people. Somebody explained that to me a long time ago, and I knew that, and I was like, oh, okay, but I didn't realize that other people didn't understand that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, thanks for telling us, Kyle. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know. Don't hold secrets. Um, The other day, some greatest thing happened to me. What's that? I was on uh, Instagram Live. And with Holly Saunders, I was watching her. Oh, I'm watching you. Whoa. <laughs> well, like she was, she was like, "What do you think of this jacket? What do you think?" Of this? And I was just watching her, and she looked down and she said hi to me. She goes, "Oh, hi, oh, Mike." Yeah. Wow. Oh, I bet that felt good. Because you tipped her. No. Oh, yeah. Her. Different site. Can you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They do sure. it on TikTok from Geo. Is what I, Geo I'm says. not gonna lie. I would tip her. Right. Which doesn't need my money, I don't think. But. Uh, well, speaking of TikTok, there is a new dating app called Snack. That's a good name for a dating app. I'm telling you right up front, that's a good name. And it's targeting people who love TikTok love by snacks. letting its users upload videos instead of photos. Oh. That's smart. That's good because there's a lot of people who can take a good photo, you know, up above and you got the right light and stuff. But video, you're going to see a lot more and see, you know, maybe a little bit more of their personality, see a little bit more of their body. Right, like, will you have to introduce yourself so they know you can, like, speak? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Carmen, how was it? was that? (laughs) I went went on one Tinder date, and this guy was, uh, definition of that. I'm sorry. I don't know what in the world I would do 
well, on a Tinder date. I would be so I would be, I would just not know what to talk about. I would be miserable. Hey, John is is here. Sit there, buddy. How you doing? Okay, good to see you, my man. How are you? Let, hey, turn that back up, Spanish, so we can uh, hear. Yeah, I don't know why. I never had the, to do that, uh, but I, I would meet somebody, a stranger, and then go out there. You, you ever go on a Tinder date? Pull that thing right in front of your mouth there. You, you ever go on a Tinder date or, a, or online? When haven't I? Oh, really? Yeah. My next book is going to be called John Line Dating. <laughs> if, you, if you're famous... Do you like if people know who you are? Do you go on? It a, helps me get laid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, does it? <laughs> yes. Or it, okay, all right. Oh, also, but you've been you were known you were famous for doing like goofy stuff back in the day. So yeah. does that hurt you or does it help? Like Steve O gets laid and he does the goofiest stuff. Well, uh, uh, yeah, it helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know because, people love fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. What'd you get lost? Hey, OJ is getting late. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. too. What's uh, he famous for again? <laughs> so, is it your son who would, you know, who drove the golf cart into the? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is his name Tiger Woods? No, <laughs> I never think of that. No. Uh, what did you get lost in here? Tiger was always a better putter than he was a driver. What? Stop. You cannot make those horrible jokes <laughs> if you expect people to come see you at size putters. <laughs> All right. Uh, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. What what happened? They, 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 you were took like twenty minutes. You were lost. Uh, the, I I had my uh, the iPhone and it died when I was right in front. Uh, when I was right on TPC. Yeah, 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 so you were close. Yeah, and then and then I didn't remember what the you know what the house number That's was. That's hilarious. And I had to go all the way back to the guardhouse. Uh-huh. And then I'm driving, and then like people are beeping because you got to go twenty five miles per <laughs> yeah, hour. And I'm yeah. I'm passing golf carts, and everyone's <laughs> beeping at me because I'm like the you know. A truant. Yeah. How you been, man? Everything good? This is awesome. So this is like the whole studio in here. I love it. Yeah, no, not bad, right? Yeah. I, I've done your show before. Yeah, yeah. You've been, well, you've been on the show a couple of times, but you've been in the studio with us yeah, in, the, in yeah. the building before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know about this? Uh, I saw he was tagging you on it yesterday. This Ian Halpern uh, got this stern thing out now. I had him on my show. Oh, already? Last week. Are oh. you kidding me? Oh. Uh, it, you know, it's on YouTube now. It, like he goes off on it. He, <laughs> well, okay. So I remember him saying that. Uh, the, I, don't, I think he was on Opie and Anthony's show a couple yeah. of years ago, and he was threatening to write. He's like, if I get so many followers, I'll do this thing on Howard. So you knew he had something coming in the in the in the hopper. But I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. It's amazing. You know. I told him yesterday if he wanted to call in while you were here because I didn't That's know great. you had already oh. talked to him. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. He did my show. And, you know, it's weird because a lot of my people liked him, but certain people didn't because he talks like he goes, Howard, baby. Yeah, yeah Howard, yeah. baby. I know He's... you're listening. But the, the, the weird thing that I like, I kind of knew is that uh, I'm stuttering. My... I know. Well, that's, that's your name. I'm yes, used to uh, it. F- f- Frank Sinatra. Yeah. He... Was mad at Howard because Howard was I, I was there with Howard and Howard was doing bits of you know when uh, Sinatra had Alzheimer's right so uh, Sinatra put a hit on Howard through the Gambino family really and and you know he he was that mad and they killed somebody with Howard's description Howard's same birthday right by scores where we used to shut up. Yeah, they got the wrong guy. Yeah, Ian Halpern's got the whole story. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Shut up. You know, and that explains why Howard always, you know, you know, always carries a gun. Yeah. Now those scores, those scores, guys, uh, because it, didn't that come into? Wasn't that part of the um, Kumbajani thing later on that they were they were forcing him? The mob owned that place, and they were forcing Gumbajani to plug it on the radio. 
That was like a whole FBI thing a couple oh, years ago. Well, I know that we used to get those scores parties. And yeah. They'd give us like thousands in funny money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like a brothel in there. But I mean, that was, I mean, that's, you know, we all been, we all been through that. We go to, we roll through a strip club here. They take care of us. Yeah. Because they know you're going to talk about it on the radio and yeah. it always works out. So that's not so bad. But I remember, I remember Goomba Johnny was a guy who was like a bouncer and he ended up doing mornings at like Hot or something yeah. in New York. Yeah. And then there was an investigation into the the people who own the clubs were were threatening him to give plugs on the air for the clubs. Oh, yeah, and, and it had to be like a whole the FBI involved. That whole I got to tell you that whole New York thing, man. There's so many because you got to deal with the cops, the the mob, the good guys, the bad guys, the government. It gets crazy. Yeah, but I'm too stupid. Like I had no idea that course was a mob. Oh, right. you know, I'm just <laughs> like you're not big of an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like hey, wow, chicks. Uh, you know, and 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 we were all married, so it was like a great way to not cheat. But, but kind of have fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I always thought I never. Um, I mean, obviously, I like a naked girl as much as the next guy. But I was always jealous when I heard the stories about that because it just seemed like a fun thing for your buddies to go do. It was kind of innocent, like the Super Bowl parties and all that stuff. Yeah, it just like that's just a fun thing for the guys to go do. Yeah, and and it was a way like we didn't get in trouble with the wives. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, this is John Melendez. You know him as uh, Stuttering John. Which I don't know where in Spanish go. I, I'm trying to turn your mic up a little bit. Uh, I don't know which. Uh, there you go. How's that? Yeah, perfect. Better. Yeah, Sorry is that about better? that. Better. Yeah. So, uh, uh, John. Well, anyway, thanks for having me on. Mike. Yeah, yeah. I love having you. on. Hey guys. Uh, I love John it. works. Sorry, my heart's rich. Relax. <laughs> you want a water or something? Uh, sure. Yeah. See if there's one in that fridge, will you? Uh, so, um, John worked for Howard for years and then uh, thanks, went man. to the Tonight Show. Where he was the Tonight Show announcer and street guy and uh, had success there. And now, since Jay left, that, that had to be rough, though, when Jay left. Because you were making great money. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I get there. I moved my whole family from the Stern Show uh, to L.A. And then within a month that I'm there, Jay holds a meeting. Hey, guys, I just want to say I'm leaving in five years. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, five years? Like, I'm like, Jay, I haven't even unpacked yet. And, and I was, like, panicked. Yeah. Thankfully... Going and bombed, and then we stayed for another five. But still, you know, that's a good run. So I remember you told us you were making like you were making like uh, four times what you made in. Uh, yeah, in, but in I New York. well, Jay when actually I, told us when he was on. Yeah, uh, that's Calvin. He's back yeah. at the station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, where the hell's this voice? <laughs> Didn't mean to confuse you. That's ten voices in my head. Carmen, Carmen, and hi. Calvin are back at the station. Oh, hi guys. Hi. hi. Oh, God. Hi, Carmen. I was looking forward to meeting you. Yeah. Sorry. They <laughs> stuck me in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not as good as it sounds. No? Nah. Yeah. I'm it's, just kidding, Carmen. Yeah. She's adorable. Would you like, like Kenyatta? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, I listen to the show on the way here. Yeah, I always worry about that. I'm worried about if a guy's formulating an opinion on the show based on the day that he heard on the way here. <laughs> no, yeah, not, yeah. I, like, I think I know every story from how to not. Good, you know? good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I knew that your son hit the bush. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Uh, all right, so let's let's uh, talk about this for a second. I, I don't know the inside, so I'm going to ask you questions about what what you know, and you tell me what you can I, I have listened to Howard. Anyone, I'm an open book. I, but I have listened to Howard since my mother uh, listened on WNBC when I was a kid. WNBC. When we were so <laughs> I am a longtime fan, okay? Yeah. Um, but I, I have not listened in the past two years, uh, but partly because I'm not in the car as much, but also because it just seems to me it's not my thing anymore. And what really I think lost me was, but I don't know the inside behind this, what really lost me, and I lost respect, was 
uh, uh, Scott the engineer. Scott is a longtime employee of Howard's, mm-hmm. whose wife, from what I understand, had cancer, and he. Uh, I remember he started a GoFundMe page, and I thought if I made a hundred million dollars a year, and anybody on my show had a wife who was dying and needed money for treatment or whatever it was, I would stroke that check in a second. Hey, Mike, i got to tell you, it's worse than that. Yeah, that's I, what I was saying. So tell me what the real story in, is. In fact, I'm going to see Scott, you know, uh, when I'm out here, because he's in Delray Beach, and I'm okay. going back to do the Boca, uh, the Boca Black Box. But um, I talked to Scott after all this, you know, after all this happened. Right. First of all, this is how sad it is, Mike, because when I was at Howard, he wasn't this much of an elitist. Right. Scott went and approached Howard in the hallway, you know. Now, are you allowed to do that? Can you go directly to him? Well, that's what, hold on. Oh, okay. You know, so he goes to ask Howard if he can set up a GoFundMe. When he approaches Howard, <clears throat> Howard goes, uh, you know you're not allowed to talk to me. Go really? talk to Marcy. This is after 30 years of loyal, loyal service. Right, three now. different radio stations. <laughs> Scott the Engineer was the one who gave Howard my audition tapes. You know, oh, really? Right? Yeah. I mean, he's he, but, you know, you can't talk to me because no one's allowed to approach Howard. And all, no one on the on the show's allowed to talk to Howard in the hallway or right. off the air. You know, that's how it is. Uh, so then Scott, Scott goes to Marcy Turk, who I call Yoko Turco because yeah. she, she pretty much ruined. <laughs> she the run, she's the office. Uh, <laughs> yeah, manager. she runs the whole show now. So Scott goes to Marcy. And goes, um, can I set up a GoFundMe? She goes, you can, but you can't call yourself Scott the Engineer, and you can't say you're from the Howard Stern Show. Okay, fine. Scott does it, and he raises 70000 This is all for his wife's chemo. How much you need? Do you know? Well, he needed fifty for his wife's okay, chemo. Okay, But he raised even more. So, you know, because he had, I mean, his wife was literally dying. Right, right. All right, so he... He does that. Howard gets embarrassed because everybody's like, "Howard, you're a multi, you're a yeah, billionaire. Yeah, <laughs> you can't give your own like staff. fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand. So Howard gets embarrassed. Guess what they do? They demote Scott to the to, to the floor beneath uh, beneath them. He is not uh, uh, a paid Stern Show employee. Now he's a serious employee. And just they an write engineer. him out of every script. And everything else, he's not mentioned on the air anymore. And then when his wife, unfortunately, dies, a man who's worked with, with Howard for 30 years, does Howard go down, give him a hug? And, no. He sends him an email with two sentences. Uh, Beth and I are sorry for your loss, and we donated to a charity in your wife's name. <laughs> that is it. Why didn't they donate to him? Exactly. That's all he got. And then six months later, he gets fired. That's I have to tell you, that's awful. Now, and now, in 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 full fairness, I don't know what the situation was. Scott may have been a complete a hole. No, he may have. Been, I mean, I don't. I'm just saying. Like I, Howard may have just ran. He may have run its course with him. But I. But here's my thing: is that Scott's moments on that show, like yours and Gary's and the other folks, m- help make that show the success that it is. He doesn't get the hundred million dollars without. The things that went on in the past. So how do you not honor that? How do you not honor the people who helped you get where you are? That's the thing, Mike. You, me, you, any, any normal Jay Leno. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a juxtaposition of uh, of personalities. Jay, his office door is open all the time. Anybody can come in. A page, you know, an intern, like anybody, a writer, a producer, you know, a stagehand. Anyone can come in. Come on, say hi to Mr. Leno, and he'll talk to. 
Chase paid for people's hospital bills, yeah. you know, everything else. And every Christmas, you know, you know, we got thousands in a Christmas bonus directly from Jay. Right, right, right. Directly from Jay. You know what I got for Christmas from Howard? What? I swear to God, I was an intern. I wasn't making a dime. I got... For Christmas, a popcorn canister with three popcorn. Oh, flavors. you got the—that's the second worst gift thing. It's a candle, <laughs> Mike. I swear on my life, I reached down into the bottom of the popcorn canister, hoping it was a check underneath, like something, like a cracker jack box. And then, and then Howard has the audacity to call everybody out on the air for the bad Christmas gifts that everybody gave. Like, yeah, yeah, so you know, I always had the ball. So I was, you know, you know, so I went in there and go, Howard. You gave us a popcorn canister. Yeah. I go, I stuck my arm in there thinking it was a check in the bottom. I walk out of the studio, and Mike Gangy, who was an employee there, he goes, John, I did the same thing. I <laughs> my, I mean, because nobody could believe how cheap this guy is. Yeah, is that is that what it comes down to? I mean, you make, I mean, even when he, before he made the $100 million, he was still making $10, $20 million a year in the beginning. So uh, he always had the money. Like, I think about it now. I got, I have, what, five people that work on the show? Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't make that kind of money to go out and buy them something extravagant or to give them thousands of dollars. But we try to get nice gifts for each other for the for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that. Look, I, I don't know the guy. I never, I never uh, claimed to. I don't know him. I'm just, I listened as a fan. Yeah. And he's a guy who claims to be pretty transparent. So if you listen to him, you think you kind of know what he's like in real life. So I, I don't know. But man, when I hear these stories, it's so disappointing. No, everybody always says, um, you know, you know, they come up to me and say, "Is Howard a good guy off the air?" And I go, "He's a great guy off the air." And, and they go, oh, so on the air is all an act. I go, no, off the air is all an act. Yeah. <laughs> because the real guy is the guy that told me to abort my first child because I wasn't fit to be a father oh. on the air. That's the he real. said that on the air? Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't, see, that, yeah, see, I don't I, get mad on the air. Yeah, but that's what people say, right? But he said so many horrible things on the air, and then, and then he would never say at like after the show, if he was kidding or not. Yeah. And and Gary and I would always be like, you know, we, we would always think we were going to get fired because of, you know, he was an abusive boss. I hate that, to say it. That is not a good environment to work anywhere. You don't, I mean, I started out the same way in radio where you go into a Friday and wonder if this was going to be your last day. It would ruin your whole weekend. I never want these guys to feel that way. Yeah. Uh, I'm never been that guy where I'm like, oh, that's it, you're done. If, you know, I, I, if I have a problem with you, I try to address it right out of the gate so that we can, I don't want anybody to, to stress out about this show after after they leave, you know? And yeah. you tell us when you're joking off the air. Yeah, yeah, there's times where I'll bust your he balls. He tells you? I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not joking with you. <laughs> Carmen's going, this Howard guy sounds a lot like Mike. Yeah, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Poor Carmen, she's been yeah. taking a lot of crap lately. <laughs> All right, how about Robin? Uh, uh, Same. Robin's a better person, but when I gave my two weeks notice, you know, she called. You know, she called my wife and you know, and and talked to me and was like, John, I don't blame you for leaving. Howard doesn't pay anybody. I always tell him he's got to look over his shoulder because people are going to start leaving. He goes, you know, I might even be, you know, you know, I might leave. You right. Know? And then cut to me on the air, like you know. You know, but, you know, next day she's like, Howard, I can't believe John's leaving. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. So I didn't talk to her for about four or five years. She finally came out to L.A. and apologized and said, John, I was between a rock and a hard place. But those guys, all of them, believe me, and I know this as a fact, the things I'm saying, yeah, the people on the show there now are, are happy the that I'm saying it. Yeah. 
because I'm exposing them. I was the first one to talk about Scott the Engineer. I went on the air as soon as I talked. I, I had that conversation with Scott, you know, and even though Scott, you know, he didn't really want it to get out there. Believe me, he was happy he it, got yeah. out there because, I mean, like, how does somebody treat, like, his staff that way? And look, I don't know if you saw the Post report where they compare Howard to Ellen because what happened, Ellen DeGeneres, they did a whole story on yeah. her, you know, I mean, on how she, she was. treated our staff like garbage. And then Howard went on the air and said, you know, Ellen, you should just own it. And then I I got wind of that, and I just went like I did a rant on my on my show, and just said, Howard, really? Yeah. You, why don't you own it? And, and you know, and that's the truth. And so I don't think so. Finally, the New York Post did a whole story. Me, Grillo, like like a lot of the guys from the you know the, the E Show and 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 Artie and everybody just saying, look, look, Howard, you, you've been a horrible boss. Right. Own it. Do you think he knows it, or do you think he doesn't? Re- maybe he started to realize it after you guys said it. After the article, he said he doesn't effing care. Right. And then he um. And then he said. He admitted he was a narcissist, and that's why he likes doing his show from home now. Yeah. So he doesn't have to deal with anybody. That's very interesting. (laughs) Can you imagine that, guys? I mean, he says that, but I bet you that that's going to wear thin on him without without people kissing his ass to his face all the time. Now, what? Now, now, Spanish would walk through fire for me, and then I could smack him when he gets through the fire, and he'd go back the other way for it. He's that kind of loyal guy. Is Gary that way, or is Gary more like you? Behind the scenes. Well, I'll tell you, this is the best way to sum it up, is on, you know, the last day I was there, Gary, I was in Gary's office, which was like, like, like the size of a cubicle, you know, tiny, and he had his wife on the phone. And, you know, and then I I was talking to his wife, Mary, and, and, and she goes, John, we're so jealous of you. Because everybody's always wanted to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's, look, I know you say it's on the air, but, and I know people could go, wah, 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 John, stop crying. And I'm, look, there's a lot of good about Howard. I hung out. I had dinner with him. I was in his inner circle. I would go, I would sleep at his house. So, you know, so we would have a lot of good times. But, you know, you know, at some point, you know, like, you got to say what, what the truth is. And, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And Howard's become everything he goofed on. He used to goof on Imus for being, mm-hmm. you know, having the hot young wife. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember that he did a bit on, I remember we all goofed on Joe Piscopo, Joe Piscopo b- b- because he sang to his wife, Kimberly, yeah. Kimberly. And like, then he did something. Bless you, Howard's singing a song to Beth. I'm like, oh, my God, he's become yeah. everything he's always goofed on. That's so. It's such a weird situation. Uh, John Melendez, Stuttering John, is here in the studio with us. And I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, John, you sound so bitter. I don't think it, it doesn't come across I'm as bitter. I'm grateful that Howard gave me my start. But just like I always say, like, Lauren Michaels, right? yeah. you, know, you know, everyone knows, the executive producer of Saturday Night Live. Like, he discovers Adam Sandler, right? So, okay. But Adam Sandler starts doing really great bits on the show. Right. Doesn't it even out at some point that Adam Sandler's, like, doing for Lorne what Lorne did for him? Like, like they suddenly become, like, they're helping each other. Yes. Howard Stern never perceives it that way. Like, he doesn't see it that anybody's helping each other. He sees it that he gave you a start, and now you're indebted to him for the rest of, you know, of your life. I feel like... And he hates if you leave and you get any success. That's the problem. I I feel like Spanish, we gave Spanish a start. If he said to me tomorrow, 
I've got a great opportunity that's going to pay me a million dollars out of this market and I have to leave, I would be proud of him. I had a girl that worked on this show that left to go to another show and I was so happy for her. Yeah. As long as they're not going across the street and becoming my competition. But that's, I mean, we, we raised this kid and now he's going out and doing his thing. You weren't even in the same medium. You were going to TV. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be like, ah, good, now we got a, we got a buddy on The Tonight Show. We got uh, one of our guys is over there and then we right. can, we can and, develop a relationship with Jay again. Yeah. And, and John is an ambassador of that show. You see John, you think of the Howard Stern show. So if yeah. he's on TV, that's helping. You know what I mean? Like, that's definitely, he's a walking billboard for the show. Right. What's this guy's name? Galvin. Galvin, great, great point. Because, like, you know, if you looked at um, John Stewart from The Daily Show, all those guys. Um, Carell. Yeah, all see, those guys, yeah. All those guys were correspondents. See, John Stewart, they leave to do, go on and do bigger and better things. He's happy for yeah. them. Because not only does it, is it good for them, it says something great about John Stewart for, you know, for like finding Putting together all these great And talent. procuring yeah. this talent. Howard doesn't see it that way. He, he, he beat Jay up so bad after I left. Yeah. Like just nonstop every day. Finally, Jay was hearing it because Jay, like everybody would tell him, yeah, Howard yeah. beat you up again today. Finally, I went up to Jay and said, Jay, I'm so sorry. All, all this is because of me. And Jay put his hand on my shoulder. And I forget, he just said, John, I don't give an F. Yeah. You know, because he really, but it did bother him. I know it bothered him. It bothered him, I think, because he, uh, you know, and, and this is something we experience a lot, too. Writers on these shows, on these television shows, will steal ideas from other people. Do I think Ellen has ever heard of this show before? No. Have they done stuff on their show a week after we've done it? That, and we're like, well, that's a... Well, I don't think Ellen's stealing our idea. But there's somebody who saw something on the internet who's like, how can we use... The guys, the Stengel brothers, who were the executive producers of Letterman, tell us all the time. We do. We did a bit on our show. We do uh, uh, Who's My Baby's Daddy on the Maury Povich thing where we just try to figure out who the father is. He said, we heard the first time we heard it, we were trying to think of a way we could do it on Dave's show. We're trying to take it and do it. Because it's what, it's what we do. And wow. so, so I understand that uh, Howard felt like uh, he was losing some of his, his material, but that's not on Jay. Call Jay up and say, hey, that's my that's my gimmick. He, you didn't invent well, man-on-the-street interviewing. Well, here's the thing, Mike, and this is the thing that really I discovered when I started to work on The Tonight Show. For years when I worked with Howard, he accused Jay of stealing the homeless game with jaywalking. Right. I always, always believed it. You know, and I'm like, wow, Jay stole Howard's bit. It turned and it turns. I did the first homeless game. It was at the Yankee Day Parade in 1996. Right. Okay. It turns out when I get to the Tonight Show, the head writer Joe Maderos, I go, "Yeah, but you guys stole Jay." Well, he goes, I, "He goes, what are you talking about? We've been doing jaywalking since 1988." Yeah. So, so all of that garbage that Howard was saying about Jay Leno was all untrue. Yeah. We we I'll tell you, um, I was I was a real big Howard fan for years, and uh, I always was like, screw Jay, screw Jay, just from listening. Yeah. Then we had Jay on the air, Yeah. and we were like, god damn, Jay's a good dude, man. Nicest guy like, in the world. Not just nice, but like answered every question, had no, he was like, hey, man, man I did tell this, this, and I go, no, that doesn't bother you, no, it doesn't bother me. Like, he just was, couldn't have been nice. Then I met him, and he was even nicer then, and I thought, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta take what you hear and find out things for yourself. It's like this, Mike. If you ever come to L.A., right? Yeah. Seriously, you know, give me a call. 
I'll take you to Jay's garage. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's how Jay is. And then we hang out. Jay's got his kitchen in his garage, and, the, and, you know, and then we have lunch, you know, with Jay. I've brought people there. Like, any time, like, if I ask Jay to do my podcast, he's there. You know, he did a blurb, you know, for my book that came out. Right. I mean, he's always there. Howard wouldn't even be in my MTV music video. Yeah. You know, after I was signed. I, and I love that album. Yeah. We played, we played it on the way in. I, yeah, I, I loved it. it. I bought that album when it first came out, and I was blown away like everybody else. I was like, this guy is really good. Thanks. Yeah. But look, I had Sting do my video. Sting. Sting. Yeah. Please. Gene Simmons, Nuno Betancourt, Gilbert, you know, Grandpa Alice. Yet Howard can't do it. Yeah, that is that is really weird, man. And then and then what happens is John is that when that goes on, I mean, you could survive without it, but you start generating those feelings inside where you're like, now I hate him inside. You know, now yeah. I see what he thinks of me. And and no matter how good your working relationship and all that stuff is, it's always going to go back to what's inside. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, Mike. It's like you know, look, you know, when I was a kid, you know, my father would. Be, you know, beat the crap out of sometimes. Right. So you kind of develop this love-hate kind of thing going. And what happens? The same thing with Howard. Yeah. Because you love the guy, but then he's calling you a loser. You have no talent. All you do is stutter. It starts to wear on you. I, I know that. I was in that position. I worked on another show where I was a producer, and I, I, I you know, when they start being told that you're unnecessary to this show, and only one person needs to be, and then you're like, finally, like, all right, well, screw you then. Uh, I, I crap on this guy on Spanish as much as I can. Why do you call him Spanish? Is he French? He used, to have, <laughs> he used to have really big hair, like the kid from uh, uh, old school. Old school yeah. was called oh, Spanish. No, are, you, are you Spanish? I'm Puerto Rican and Italian. Oh, yeah. Puerto Rican Danish. Oh, hey, 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 don't miss out the biblioteca. I got it. Finally, someone who likes you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he knows how I really feel about him. He knows how much uh, I know. How I appreciate how much he works. And Carmen, we bust her balls, but she's uh, works just as hard on the show. And and uh, you know, when the show's over, that's an entirely different relationship that yeah. we have. I don't but treat these people the way I do on the air. You've also, at least with me, you've always been easy to talk to. So, like, if I ever felt like I was doing something wrong, yeah. he's made it very easy for me to just text him or call and be like, "Hey." Am I terrible at my job? And either he'll be like, "Yes, you are," or no. So there's never like and that guessing yes, game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's never a guessing game of am I going to get fired? Because you'll know, you know, what's going on. Well, you know what's so funny about that is that you know with Howard, like I would write Howard jokes all the time. Right. I, I had a computer where I was. He had a computer in front of him, so the jokes I wrote were on right in front of his screen. Jackie and Fred's were right in front of, like he, like he had a camera in those days, a camera yeah. on, the, on the... So we all would write jokes, and sometimes like a joke of mine would kill. And I was like, yeah. And then I would go in the, you know, I'd go in the studio during a commercial break. Nothing. I would never, ever say good job. Ever. Meanwhile, Jay know. Leno, you know, I'm a writer on, you know, He's like, John, you're doing a great job. i got to tell you, you're doing a great job. Like, I mean, always praise and yeah. everything else to everybody. It's just such a different world. I know, and, and it just breeds a better environment. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I'm, I, I just don't understand that. It makes me disappointed because for, I was such a fan for so long. And uh, and hearing those stories, hearing those horror stories, I'm like, uh, uh, anyway, uh, John, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no. And that's the thing, Mike. Like, a lot of people hate hearing the truth. Right. You know, it's like that. It's like that movie. You can't handle the truth. Yeah. I know it bothers people because everyone's been such a fan of Howard's. I was a fan of Howard. I hate having to say this. He's just become like like he's become a horrible person. I also don't think that you're bitter. Bitter comes across where 
you're flaming him uh, and never liked him. He's no talent. That's bitter. You're just like, yeah, it just this is the truth. This is what it is. I think there's a big difference. You, they, they turned their back on you first, and you were like, all right, well, I'm going to do what's best for me and my family, and I don't think that you did anything wrong there. So I don't think it's bitter when you when you say that. I don't know if you got a commercial break, but I have a. I have I have another another great story. About- no, no, we're gonna go to the top of the hour. We're good. Good. All right, all right. I, um, so I tell Artie Lang, you know that, that you know. Listen, he was the first guy I told because Artie was probably my closest friend on the show. Right. And I said Artie loved. Which, him. by the way, if I can say, yeah. out of out of somebody who listened on three different stations, three different formats of the show, a cast member changed up the best years of that show. Were right before satellite when you and Artie were on the show together. Oh, God. Absolutely the best. I, I, that would make me want to get up earlier to listen to the show. Well, Artie and I had so many fun times on the road, and yeah. like you know, if you if you want a YouTube, the best hour. Even Scott DePace said one of his favorite hours of the show is me and Artie coming back from Columbus, Ohio, after Artie ordered, like, the whole menu from a steak and shake. <laughs> he was inebriated and ate. Like, he was dipping his burger in his chili. as like a <laughs> dipping sauce. I mean, just an ate. So I do a half an hour on Artie's menu. And then I talk about how I drank Tropicana orange juice, and there were maggots in it. And then and I start, like, you know, like... Heaving. Heaving. And Artie starts going, look at John. He's trying to get a lawsuit out of Tropicana. And he starts going, it's the funniest hour. But Artie and I would have these inside things. Like if I tried to crowbar a joke in like I did before with the Tiger Woods, right. like Artie would go like this. Go. <laughs> like, so for everyone who's listening, like he, he would like as Cram if he's pulling a, yeah. like I'm crowbarring in the joke. So if Artie, I remember Artie made a baseball reference, Barry Larkin, like uh-huh. Howard doesn't know anything about baseball. And I would just go to the same thing. So, so, so like on the, like Artie and I would have all these like things that would go on. In fact, this is the funniest thing. After I tell Artie that I'm leaving, we had a bet that I came up with that Artie couldn't hit a fastball from a softball, a female softball pitcher. Right, right. So, so now that was going to be in uh, that was going to be in Vegas in like May that the Stern Show was going. Artie knew I was leaving to go to the Tonight Show in March. Uh huh. So. It was a $1,000 bet. So Artie was like, on the air, as we're arguing about the bet and everything, Artie's like, John, John, put the put your $1,000 down on this table now. Howard Walter, put it down now. And Howard's like, Artie, why does he got to put it down now? He could just pay you in the... He goes, no, I want him to put it down now. I, and I know why he's saying it. I'm laughing. Yeah. Howard has no idea. No idea but yeah. I'm laughing. Oh, that's Art. Artie's, a, Artie's brilliant. I love Artie. Artie, how's he doing? Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of... You know, he that's had, never a good. That's never a good answer when it starts with ah. Well, have you seen his nose? I have seen the nose, but I mean, I, I know that there was a certain point, even when the nose was messed up, that he was pretty clean for a while. He went off the uh, yeah. He was clean, then he went back on heroin, and then now I think he's clean. But I think he's living with his mother. He's not really doing any no. because he can't do. If he does stand up, he's back, he's back in that environment, and and I don't think he could exist without. Like doing heroin. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, when I was in the row with him, he wasn't doing. At least I didn't know he wasn't doing heroin, and I could tell. But he was like, he would drink a whole bottle of Jack Daniels. I mean, he like he's like the old school kind of legend, you know, yeah, like the yeah, old yeah. comics. That's what I'm saying. I mean, at this point, I might as well be like, let him do the heroin. He's gonna be fine. He's not dying. <laughs> but now you go on the road. Every comic I go on the road with, you know, they 
you know, they have lattes. Before yeah. they go on. <laughs> I mean, nobody drinks like the Kennison days, you know? Yeah, no, all my friends are the comics are all sober now. They're all <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, I went to a meeting today. I'm like, really? It's still fun. Oh, you know, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like me. You know, I'll have a few beers on stage, and then after the show, you know, I go, come on, let's go to the bar, and we yeah. all hang out, and you know, I mean, that's, because to me, that's the, I mean, that's like half the fun. You know what's so funny is last night I was, uh, I was on Facebook, there's like a group of, of my friends from high school and grade school that are all connected, and we never do this, but somehow there was like a little chat thing going on, and uh, I, I was like, you guys aren't going to believe this, but Stuttering John's coming to my house tomorrow. <laughs> it's more of it, like. Because we grew up, you know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? Like, and and now, not coming on the show is one thing, but now you're in my house. Like Brian Callen was here, yeah. And I was telling my son, I'm like the, the coach from that one show, the the Goldberg Gold is, yeah. is in our garage right now. <laughs> like this is the dumbest, <laughs> dumbest thing ever. Uh, John is here because uh, he's going to be at Side Splitters. One show, you driving through? One show only? Just one show because I booked the I booked the bulk of bl- <laughs> the bulk of black box. I'm stuttering up yeah, the storm. Yeah. The- we expect you to stutter. No, you're I okay, know, yeah. I know. I, I know, uh, but, um, you know, and so then I, I love Brian at Side Splitters, and I'm like, I'm going to be around, you know, uh, could I get a night? So he said, yeah, you know, come out on Wednesday night. So I drove here last night, and then I went to Maloney's Irish Pub and had yeah. a few pints there. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, um, so Side Splitters tonight. It's just one show, and then I'm, and, and then and then tomorrow I'll go back to Miami. But let me finish that Artie story. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. I'm sorry. Okay. No, 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 don't be sorry, because yeah, yeah. I, I go off on tangents. But, um... All right, so I tell Artie that I'm leaving, okay? Right. Just want to make sure I'm not hitting the top of the hour. No, no, we're fine. We're not. Right. We're, we're a lot of flexibility. <laughs> we're good. All right. So I'm, you know, so I so you see, well, I tell Artie at my condo in Manhattan. I go, Artie, I'm going to leave. You know, I signed the contract with NBC. You know, I'm going to go. And he goes, you know, John, no, no, I didn't sign the contract. I, I was about to. And yeah. he goes, you know, John, it's great for you, but you should probably tell Howard first. You know, it's a bad Artie impression, I know. So... So I go, no, Artie, if I tell Howard, he might, like... Do something to screw it up. Yeah, he might try and stop it. He goes, I don't know, I don't think so. Cut to this. Now, after I leave, Artie gets offered by Rob Burnett, the producer of The Late Late Show, or one of the, like, I think, and Artie was going to be, have a chance to be the host. Like, right. he, like after Craig Kilburn, I, I, I forget which host, but Artie had a chance, and Rob Burnett was going to let... Comedians sit in and do two weeks each. It was after it was after Kilborn left because yeah. they actually did do that. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Artie was one of those guys that right. Rob Burnett really wanted. Yeah. So Rob Burnett goes, you know what? I'm going to call Howard just to make sure it's cool. Calls Howard. Look, I want to try out Artie to be the host. You know, for two weeks. You know, and you know what Howard says? You can't take my effing guy. F no, man. You better not freaking do that. Yeah. So he. So now, isn't it ironic? Artie was like telling, telling me, you to tell and him. meanwhile, Howard blocked Artie from having like the greatest job. He yeah. doesn't have to wake up at, at four oh. in the morning anymore. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's uh, crappy because that could have been the only time he'd ever have that opportunity to do that. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I with you in in your situation, you didn't go from one radio show to another you didn't go you didn't make a lateral move you went you would skyrocket it up i mean that's yeah. a tonight show who doesn't want to be on the tonight show and mike look at it this way man i'm a stutterer right yeah so you know it's it says a lot like for people who stutter who have any kind of uh, you know speech impediment or whatever or anybody a stutterer is going to be the announcer on the biggest late night show ever <laughs> yeah. i mean like it, 
you know, that says a lot to like people who stutter and people who have disabilities. I mean, so here, cut to this one. This, see, oh man, I'm sorry if I talk too. No, much. no, I love. Listen, I love it. I'm talk show. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and wondering to myself. I'm like, I hope this isn't boring to a lot of people out there because you don't have to be a fan of Howard show to even understand this, but just the dynamics of any any job that you work in, your boss is a dick to you. This is what goes on in life. This just happened to play out on the radio. And uh, and I think there's a lot of New Yorkers on here, so I think there's a lot of people who care about these things. And it's not beating up on Howard. It's just talking about your story and what your what your life has been like. Yeah, well well so when Howard's like you know, decides to make this change and he's a he's a judge on America's Got Talent. Yeah. They had that stuttering comic kid. Yeah, though, who we've never had on the show, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. And and Artie called me after this, and my oldest uh, kid called me as well. And Howard, after the stuttering kid gets, Howard goes, you know what? You're such an inspiration. I'm like, <laughs> and Artie called me. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, he's an inspiration. <laughs> I go, you beat me up. You call me like, like you know, all these names in the book. And I left to be in tonight's show. And instead of being like, I was an inspiration, you just like crapped on me. Right. Uh, yeah. What the? <laughs> John, John is brings up a great point because you, it's like if they asked you to go stuttering John has now been hired to read presidential speeches in front of, like, that's like a big that's a big deal John also you uh you and there's a guy remember the Ron Ron show the Ron Ron show was based out of Florida and it was uh it was a big show in the in the 90s that was starting to get syndicated and could have been a good rival to Howard show if it didn't crumble on the inside. It's Ron Bennington's old show. Yeah. And uh, they had a kid on there named Flipper who was like their street guy. Yeah. And it was right when I was wanting to get into radio. And I knew I had to be a combination of Stuttering John and Flipper in order to get in. I based everything I did. Because Flipper was 100% fearless. He would do anything that they told him to do, and he did it great. And I tried to I tried to do that, have that mentality. And then when it came to interviewing celebrities, I also had no fear with that stuff. I'd ask anybody anything. But you did it first. You did it the best, and you did it first. Some of those, some of those interviews are just so – like, um, do you know Al Dukes? Al, Al does uh, works at Boomer and Carton or whatever it's called yeah. now in the morning. He's a producer, and I tweeted out that you were going to be on the show. And Al wrote back, uh, "Hey, hey, Mike, big fan." <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> Which my, is uh, what John would use to get into all with all the big fan, big fan, big fan. Yeah, I was always a big fan. Who was the worst? Who was the biggest blow up as far as celebrities that you interviewed? Like I know there was the one where you asked. Uh, the baseball player, if you ever farted in the catcher's face, Ted, <laughs> oh, Williams. Ted Williams, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. he blew up. I know uh, there was. A, I mean, I remember seeing over time, over time, that there were a couple of celebrities that came in. My favorite, though, my favorite moment is ever is John Goodman's walking in somewhere, and you shouted a question at John Goodman, and he turned and looked at you with the meanest face ever, and then he goes. Are you stuttering, John? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. All excited. Yeah, the gig was up because a lot of like even Norm McDonald, like when they tried to send other people, he's like. Really, I'm. I don't even get stuttering, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I. I don't know. John would I, wear disguises. Oh God, I. I dress as a Hasidim. Yeah. Uh, I dress as a cook. I mean, a chef. I mean, I. I would sneak into everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, like, like so many great ones. I mean, I. I love when I ask the Dalai Lama if people go up to him and say hello, Dalai. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, those are the greatest, and you don't get a lot of that anymore because people get so mad. And they take everything so seriously. You can't get away with doing stuff like that. This whole world has become so PC. It's it's like so hard 
to be like even to be a comic nowadays. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything you say is like everything's. Like, I have to take stuff out of my act that I don't like. I didn't even think was a problem, but now forget it. I don't understand how uh, of all people we always like. You can go to a roast and hear the most horrific things at a roast. Greg Fitzsimmons uh, literally talked about my grandmother, uh, her private parts and her butthole and all that stuff right to her face at my roast, and it was the funniest goddamn thing ever. But outside of that, you do it anywhere else, you could lose your whole career. No, well, look at Lisa Bonelli. She just, you know, she had to stop. She's yeah. like, I can't do this anymore. She was on a good run, too. She, she really was. was. You know, she's such a sweet person, but yeah. she was like the female Don Rickles. Yeah. You think Don Rickles could ever do that? You know, I <laughs> no. Mean, no. I watched some of those old... Uh, those old shows with Rickles where he'd make fun of Sammy Davis Jr. And I'm like, ooh, he was uncomfortable to watch, but it was hilarious, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, all right, so now, how is, the, how is the comedy? Are you good at comedy? Are you yes. good at stand-up? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't know if, if you're telling uh, stories, jokes, or how that goes. Oh, I, I, it's, it's a lot of self-deprecating, but it's all yeah. about my life. It's about marriage. It's about dating. It's about having kids and, you know. How many kids do you have? I got three. I'm Puerto Rican disappointment. How old? How old is your oldest kid? Uh, Twenty four. Now, how? Now, I wonder about this because uh, I always worry that my kids, none of them. My, my son's in high school, and nobody uh, high school kids don't listen to the show, so I don't ever have to worry about him getting any crap. A couple of his teachers listen, you know. But I always wonder you if you're in the in the capacity that you were on with Howard Show, where they did crap on you a lot. How that translates to your kid? Does your kid look at you as? They're picking on my dad, or it's all show business. Uh, it's got to be tough to introduce The only him to. time my oldest kid got mad at me was when I pranked the president. I'm not, uh, that was, yeah, you came on the show right after that and, and yeah. talked about it. I mean, that, how, why did he get mad at you? He goes, Dad, you should be, you know, you know, you should be donating money to Black Lives Matter instead of making silly phony phone calls. Oh, like, you know, and I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, that was like, that's a legendary thing. I had the Secret Service knocking on my door. John got straight to Trump. Got they patched the call in the Air Force One. I mean, you showed them that their security was awful. <laughs> they called uh, me from yeah. Air Force One. Oh, absolutely. First, awful. Jared Kushner. And then Trump, and then I have a conversation, and they think I'm Senator Bob Menendez. Yeah. And I always say, I, I don't sound senatorial, I sound janitorial. I mean, <laughs> look at this accent. Would this, could, could this ever be a freaking fu- a senator? You, you know Scott Farrell, the sports uh, oh, host? Okay. So before Farrell was doing um, hockey and whatever he does now, he had a nationally syndicated sports show at night. And uh, my old roommate, my best friend, he was like, you should prank this prank the show. You'll never get through though because it's naturally going to get around. Dial twice, got right through. Yeah. And I go, I'm on hold. What I tell him? And he goes, tell him you're. I forgot the guy's name now. He goes, tell him you're. Um, oh man, I forgot the guy's name. Goes, tell me you're rich, whatever. And yeah. I said, hey, this is rich, whatever. And they go, oh, okay, hold on. And I go, all right, they're going to put me through. So then Pharrell goes. All right. Oh, wow. We got a special guest on the line. Let's go to Rich, whatever, the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I go, oh, well, I don't know now. Now, you, now I got to know about the Penguins. I got to sound like the guy. So if I say I'm Bob Menendez and they start asking me questions about government, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, you guys got me. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Oh, now. I was talking about Supreme Court justice picks and, you know, immigration reform. But I, but it's me. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm like stuttering through the phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all on tape, you know. It's- like, I wonder, like, when, uh, when he asked me... Pharrell asked me a question about Yager, 
And I had no idea what the answer was, and I just started making stuff up. I wonder if he's looking at his producers like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and, and then, like, I wonder if Trump is looking at somebody going, Menendez has lost his goddamn yeah. mind. He has no idea what he's saying. <laughs> so how bad was the Secret Service thing? Because I, too, have had run-ins with the Secret Service, and that is you don't want to play with them. Oh, God. I gave up ever trying to mess with anything that has to do with the Secret Service. Yeah, I, I was busy with my producer, and we were kind of celebrating at the pub I go to. We are like, hey, look at that, you know? Yeah. And then... I didn't know, but they were, Secret Service was banging on my door, and then my neighbors told me, John, the Secret Service was here, they, you know, and, and I go, oh, no. And then my agent calls called me the next day, which is more unbelievable than me getting through the prison. My agent <laughs> called and then I talked to the agent, and then and she's like, Secret Service, they want you to call. Yeah. So I called them, and I said, you know, what's up? They go, uh, we want you to come downtown because we want to talk to you. I go, you want to just talk or do you want to arrest me? And they go, we can't tell you that. (laughs) And I go, should I get an attorney? They go, that's up to you. So I called Avenatti. Uh Uh-huh. And then, Smart move, by the way. Yeah, and of course, it, well, well, you know, I mean, he ultimately got me off. He can't get himself off, right. but, but he got me off, and he just said, "Are you, uh, are you guys going to arrest him?" And they said, "No." Then they said, and he said, "Could you put it in writing?" And they said, "No." And he goes, "Well, then he ain't coming." Yeah, and that was, and then it went away because you know, you know the news cycle. It'd be goes, more embarrassing if he keep doing if he if they kept talking about it. Too. Yeah, but then Kathy Griffin calls me and I'm telling me about her thing when she had the head cut off thing. Yeah. And, you know, for an hour she's talking to me, and you know, only time she calls me is when she, you know, because I was on, you know, I, I, like I was in the spotlight. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't like her. <laughs> uh, Secret Service comes in. During the show, and they just walk right in the studio. And Here? Like, uh, no, back in back, this is like twenty years ago. What'd you do? It was when laser printers first came out. Yeah, and we because we were goofy morning radio, we pretended to copy uh, dollar bills to see if they would work in the vending machine. So I went to the vending machine with a piece of paper, put it in, and rejected it, put it in, and rejected it. Hold on, let me wrinkle get the wrinkles out. Used a real dollar. It worked. Oh my god, blah, 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 radio magic. And uh, we were like, oh, my God, we're going to make money and this and that thing. Less than an hour later, boom, door just opens in the studio to you. Go over there. You come with me. Go Next thing you know, I'm in a room, 20 years, two years old, filling out my parents' uh, names, my bank account number. I'm like, oh I go, God. why do you need my bank account number? And they go, because if you're making fake money, we want to see what's in your bank. I was like, oh, I'm not making fake money. Oh. And that was the first time. A month later, I had a second run-in with the uh, Secret Service. Bill Clinton was golfing somewhere, and he lost his wallet. And we uh, had a guy on the show who did a very good Bill Clinton impression. Uh So he called the golf course to put the president on the phone to see if they found his wallet. I said, hi, I'm calling Detective O'Malley or something from the Secret Service. I don't even know if they have detectives. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, please hold for the president of the United States. Then that guy on got on the phone, spent 15 minutes with him talking about making Monica Lewinsky innuendo jokes. Yeah, and uh, it turns out you're allowed to pretend you're the president. You're not allowed to pretend you're the Secret Service. Oh <laughs> so, wow! I'm like, I'm not even 25 years old, and I've got a file with the Secret <laughs> Service now. So I completely turned the corner on that. In fact, one time I was at a, a, a golf tournament or something, or a shooting clay tournament. A guy came up to me. He's like, "Hey, I'm the Secret Service guy that busted in your studio." I'm like, yeah, I don't. I'm still not laughing at that. <laughs> still not cool. Nine six zero eleven ninety seven. Our sidesputters comedy dot com is the number to. Uh, Make reservations to see John uh, tonight at Sidesplitters. One show only, what, like 8 o'clock or so tonight? Yeah, 8 o'clock. Come down. It's fun. You'll laugh. 
And, you know, and we'll have a party, man. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. You'll hear some good stories. You'll hear some funny comedy. This is a guy who's worked on two of the biggest shows in the history of entertainment with the Howard Stern Show and with the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. The guy's had a, a great life. Now, what do you, do you do a podcast now? Yeah, the Stuttering John podcast uh, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Right. You know, and I have Patreon and all that stuff. I mean, do you guys do all that? I do a podcast with Robert Kelly. He's a comedian from New York. Yeah, I know, Robert. You know, he was on my tour. Oh, okay. I've been doing stand up for tw- for twenty years. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you've been doing. It. I just one time, one time you were on the show with us years and years ago, and I was coming to L.A. and you were like, "Hit me up. I'll I'll get you on the Tonight Show. I'll get you the tickets or whatever." And I was like, "I just hate being that guy," you know. And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll do, all right, maybe I'll do that, whatever." And I never did it. And then like two weeks later, Jay announced he retired, and I was like, "Well, now I'll never get to go." You know, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Then one time I was in Vegas and you were performing in Vegas and I almost thought about hitting you up over there and, and checking it out. So um, why didn't you? You should have came. We would have hung out and party there. That's the thing. Next time, I, I there's so many people that I haven't seen that live in LA in so long because of COVID that I need to go out to LA and just hang out for a little while. This is my first time, you know, traveling and doing stand up for over a year now. Yeah, COVID just every my whole schedule got you. Did you get it? What did you ever? Did you have it? No. Oh, yeah, so you no. stayed free. Uh, no. We all had it. This one infected all of us right out of the oh, gate. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Leave so, it to yeah, the Puerto Rican. So now we're all breathing antibodies. Spanish flu. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> for real. Well, thank you for getting up early and coming in here. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I got I had the problem trying to find the place. <laughs> I could, so I was trying to figure out. I knew the guy from the comedy club knows where it is, so I was yeah. like, he must be driving by himself. Uh, uh, go see John at Side Splitters tonight, and uh, I promise you'll have a good time. You'll hear some good stories and some good comedy, and then check out his podcast. And what do you just get like regular guests on? From you know, I've had congressmen, congresswomen. Like I had Ian Halperin on. Yeah. I, I have like you know, I had Jay on. I you know, Howie Mandel. I mean, it's like you know, sometimes politics and sometimes just you know, entertainment stuff. Good, good. All right. Well, listen. Thank you for coming in. All right. Thanks, you still Pat. playing music? Yeah, yeah. I still, you know, you know, I still play a little bit. I don't play as much, but I got like the whole guitar, you know, because I, because I. I open for so many people. I know. You know. But I, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, we, we have a band. Our show does. Galvin, who's back at the station, plays drums. I play bass. We've got another guy who plays, two guys who play guitar and a singer. And we, we up until COVID, we were playing every weekend. And uh, why do you guys come open for me? Well, I'm that was the thing. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah. Listen, we're not an, op- we're not an opening act. <laughs> uh, but, but that was the thing is that for a while we could... I mean, we we could uh, we would play. Sometimes we have an, an artist come in the, the studio, and we get to jam with the artist while they played their song. You know, we had so many cool things happen, and this COVID screwed everything up for us. Man. Yeah, no. But that would be great if we uh, next time you're in town and we do something, you come and jam with us. Oh, I, 